It's a joy to be back in the Lord's house. Good to be back in this house. Amen. I tell you, it seems like it's been about uh, 35 years since I've been here, seems like. Some of these little small kids around here is not too small anymore. My goodness. I mean, they went from here to here. And it's amazing, isn't it? I don't know where time's going. I, I can't keep up with it. I mean, really. My wife told me yesterday, she said, you're slower in Christmas. I said, Christmas not slow. I said, it comes twice a year. There's only six months in a year now. I have tw- two birthdays a year, seem like. And they're adding up that fast, seem like. Good night. Boy, it's good to be here, Brother Pope, and to hear about the the things you have going on. And uh, he said, did you see the building? I said, no, I didn't see it. Of course, I was looking on this side of the road, going 95 around that curve, so I didn't, <laughs> I, didn't uh, I wasn't able to see a building. Uh, but I did see it there a moment ago, and uh, I, I'm anticipating great things. I told him he ought to just build a big building while he was at it. <laughs> I thought, my goodness. Amen. But the Lord's going to fill that one too. Did you get plenty of acreage with it, I hope? Because you'll probably need it. Amen. Let's open our Bibles to Mark chapter number 2. I just couldn't get away from this message that the Lord's been, still is really, actually stirring in my heart and... and uh, Still in the process of giving to me, and uh, I tried to talk the Lord out of it, but He wouldn't listen. That's like some of those of you that sing, the Lord deals with you and leads your heart and impress your heart about singing a song that you just haven't really got it all down pat yet. And, you know, you just want to work on it a little more, and the Lord just won't listen, will He? Amen. But the Lord is wanting our ability, our availability more so than our ability, amen. And so we're just going to try to mind him tonight and follow his lead and, and uh, trust that the Lord will help us uh, tonight to bring uh, attention to him because he certainly is worthy tonight, amen. Mark chapter number two, very familiar scripture. We'll read starting in verse number one. And again he entered into Capernaum after some days and it was noised that he was in the house and straightway many were gathered together insomuch that there were, was no room to receive them. No, not so much as about the door. And he preached the word unto them. And they come unto him, bringing one sick of the palsy, which was born of four. And when they could not come nigh unto him for the press, for they uncovered the roof where he was, and when they had broken it up, they let down the bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay. When Jesus saw their faith, he said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. But there were certain of the scribes sitting there and reasoning in their hearts, Why doth this man thus speak blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God only? And immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they so reasoned within themselves, he said unto them, Why reason ye these things in your hearts? Whether is it easier to say to the sick of the palsy, Thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, Arise and take up thy bed and walk. But that ye may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins. He saith to the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, Arise, 
and he and he take up his, thy bed and take up thy bed and go thy way into thine house. And immediately he arose and took up the bed and went forth before them all, insomuch that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, We never saw it on this fashion. Let's bow for this another word of prayer. Father, we come in Jesus' name, and I do want to thank you, Lord, for what we've already received, what we've already heard, felt. Uh, Lord, I want to thank you for how that you used the song service to stir my heart in your direction. And I believe that's the purpose, Lord, of the song service is to prepare our hearts and stir our hearts, Lord, in worship, getting us ready, Lord, to receive the word of God. And uh, Lord, I just thank you for how you used the nun sisters this evening. My first time ever getting to hear them as far as I know and Lord, how they bless my soul tonight. Lord, I want to thank you for the evident godliness uh, of these two girls. And Lord, what a blessing that was to my heart in this hour. Lord, I pray in Jesus' name now that you'll direct my thoughts, that you will guide my attention, my focus. Help me, Lord, I pray to be just completely filled with the Spirit, in tune, Lord, with you. Lord, I'm not here to, to be seen. You know my heart on that. I'm not here, Lord, for any popularity points. Lord, I'm here to bring praise, honor, and attention to you. We pray, dear Father, that you'll work in us, on us, and through us. And Lord, whatever that you do in this service or as the result of this service, we'll be careful, Lord, to give you praise and all of the credit. And Lord, I want to claim with the psalmist David in Psalm 115 in verse 1, not unto us, O Lord, not unto us, but unto thy name give glory for thy mercy and for thy truth's sake. Have your way, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. If you'll look back in verse number 1, it's where we'll get our thought uh, for the message tonight. The Bible said, and again, he entered into the Capernaum after some days, and it was noised that he was in the house. I, I want to preach on the thought that's on my heart, uh, on the noised presence of Christ. The noised presence of Christ. And you'd have to agree with me that we're probably hearing a lot of noise that's uh, coming from the churches today that are really not about Christ. It really doesn't draw attention to Christ. Uh, it's, uh, it's a lot of noise, and that's, that's all it is. It's just a bunch of noise. If it, do, if it doesn't specify and it's not specific and it does not have Christ as its uh, subject, then it is just noise. Amen. But the Bible says here in this text that it was noised that he was in the house. And I believe if he ever gets in uh, your house, that is your the body, your temple, the temple, the Holy Spirit, I believe if he ever gets in you, I believe it will be noised that he's in there. I don't believe he can be in you and you be secret about it. I don't believe he can be in you and you be silent about it. 
I don't think a saved person wants to be secret. I don't believe a saved person that's born again, that have had their sins forgiven, uh, they, they don't want to be silent. They don't want to be seen far as themselves, but they want Christ in them to be seen. They want the change, the transformation that has been wrought by the power of God to be seen because that's going to bring attention to him. Amen? And so everybody, is you're going to conduct yourself, you're going to clothe yourself, you're going to do everything in your life to either draw attention to yourself or draw attention to Christ. And here's the truth. If the world sees you, they will not see him. Amen. If you if you do anything to draw attention to you, yourself, your flesh, whatever, they they're going to miss him. But if we could somehow get little, he'd get big. Amen. John said, "I must in, uh, he must increase, but I must decrease." Boy, wouldn't it be good if it was noised? And I believe it no doubt probably is noised that he's in this house. Not just in our house, our body, but I believe it's noise that he's in Calvary. You should want it to be noised abroad. Uh, you should want it to ex- go way outside the boundaries of the community and the city limits, amen, and even cross state lines and, and let it be noised even in other countries that he is in Calvary Baptist Church here in Union Grove, amen. That's right. You should want it to be known. And I believe if he's in the house, and I've been here enough to know that he's in the house, amen. I've been here long enough tonight to know that he's in the house, amen. But you know what? I'm glad tonight nobody had to introduce me to him. I know him. I know his voice. I know his presence. Amen. I've been walking with him for 37 and a half years and I don't need anybody to point him out because when he shows up or I show up wherever he's at, I'm going to know it. Amen. As far as I know, I've never heard these two young ladies sing, but they didn't get about two or three words out. Till I thought, yep, they are not just sisters. They're my sisters, amen. Because I felt a witness. I felt a witness of the Spirit of God, amen. Amen. Oh, yes. Can I say this? This is just a little sideline thought. God does not anoint ability. God does not anoint talent. God anoints a life. And I don't have to interview these girls. I don't have to ask nothing about their life. The fact that God was on them, the touch of God was on them, uh, let me know plenty, amen? But it was noised that it was in, his, in the house. And so this is the noised presence of Christ. The word noise there caught my attention. And the word noise just simply means come to the ears, to give audience, Amen. Now, now, can I say this real quickly right here? Just, it's very evident here that Christ is not the one making the noise. Now, he is the noise, but he's not making the noise. Y'all might get that in a minute, amen. He is the noise, but he's not the one making the noise. 
I don't ever see where Christ is gonna praise himself. No, no, he's not gonna praise himself. He's looking for somebody to praise him. You remember when they tried to tell uh, blind Bartimaeus to be quiet, you know, and he was crying out, and, and, he, and he cried out the more, and they were saying, shh, be quiet, you know. You're, you're, you're disrupting things, and he cried out the more. You remember on the other another occasion, Jesus said that if we hold our peace, that the rocks will cry out. Hey, Jesus is going to be, it's going to, he's going to get the noise. He's going to be the subject of the noise. Amen. If it has to come from the birds, if it has to come from the beasts of the field, of the fish of the sea, hey, hey, he, the rocks on the in the ground, he is going to be praised. You can believe that he's going to get the noise. He's going to be the subject of the noise tonight. Amen. Praise God I've got good liberty tonight. I'm glad the Lord didn't listen to me up the road when I said, Lord, what about this over here? Why not something else tonight? Hey, he, he wants me to just come down here and make some noise. Amen. About the Son of God. Amen. Hallelujah. I might blow a gasket for us over with. Amen. <laughs> Woo, glory to God, the Christian life is everything but boring, amen. Thank God, amen. I've seen some say they're saved and they look like they've been raised on the backside of the, uh, uh, the moon, you know, sucking on lemons, amen, or something. I don't know where they got whatever it is they got, but they evidently didn't get what I have, amen. My salvation didn't ruin me. Salvation redeemed me, praise God. And I just say, if it be all right, I'd like to just make a little noise tonight. <laughs> if I could bring a little bit of tension to him, it'd be a blessing tonight. But you know what? As I was looking at this passage of scripture, I don't find uh, here where Jesus was upset because they were making a noise. <laughs> he didn't rebuke them. He didn't tell them to be quiet. He didn't tell them that's enough. Jesus never gonna tell anybody he's praising him. That's enough. That's loud enough. You've done enough. Be quiet now. No. He said, oh, yes. Say on. Say on. Because he don't hear noise. He, he hears praise. Amen. Oh, yes. I like it. Don't you? But I thought about this. I actually just sitting back there. I'm just getting this, most of it. But uh, I was sitting back there while the choir was singing. I was sitting back there while the nun sisters were singing. And I thought about this while Jesus was in the house. He wasn't just in the house. He wasn't just a visitor. He wasn't just an ornament. He wasn't just a, a, a somebody there to make up a number. But I, I thought about this. I jotted it down real quick. He, when he came into the house, he was the authority in the house. Now, a lot of churches would like to have the noise, but they don't want his authority. They want his presence. They just don't want his uh, uh, principles and they don't want his preaching and they don't want him uh, to be the authority in the house. Well, I want to tell you, listen, a lot of people are afraid of submitting to the Lord and surrendering to the Lord because they, they're afraid of his authority. Why? Why would you be afraid of his authority? Are you afraid of his atonement? 
Are you afraid that he redeemed you? Are you afraid of his cross? Are you afraid of his salvation? Of course not. Well, then why should we be afraid of his lordship and him being boss in our life and him having authority? And I go, I travel quite a bit and preach, and I'm telling you, a lot of churches do not want, they will not tolerate, they will not allow the authority of Christ in their church. He would like to break in. He would like to move in. He would like to have the attention, but there's nowhere for him to get in. Amen. There's nowhere for him to get in. Amen. I don't want that. Do you? But listen, he's not only come in the house to, and he had come in as the authority in the house, but secondly, he came in as the attractant. What is your attraction? I know what it is. I'm just putting it in a question form. You answer it in your own heart. What is the attraction around here? It's not your pastor. It's not the singing. Far as the singers. What is the attraction? It ought to be Christ. It ought to be Jesus. Thank God he ought to be the light of this place. He ought to be the melody of the songs around here. He ought to be the theme and subject of the message around here. He ought to be the purpose of service. Listen, he ought to be the attraction. Oh, listen, no doubt. And I know Brother Pope, I wish I was more like him and that's I'm serious as I can be about that. I'm serious. I'm not just saying that. I thought of that coming down the road. I'd like to have some of his qualities. I mean, but if you've ever seen a pastor or had a pastor, I mean a pastor, you've got one. I mean, listen, and I'm preaching, I'm not saying that for points. I'm not saying that for you not to wait another six years to get me down. No, I'm not saying that. I mean that. I'm serious. Uh, I, 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 he's got it, man. He's got it together. His actions, his behavior, I mean, just... Well, if I'm going to be envious of somebody, I might as well be envious of your pastor, amen. Isn't that right? But he, listen, and I know how he does things. You probably couldn't find a, a speck of dust in his car. Makes me sick. I mean, the car's a few years old. It still smells new. I mean, look at him. He's decked out. His precious wife all spiffed up. And I mean... Probably takes four or five showers a day. Who knows? And so, with that said, I know how he's going to do with this building. I promise you it is going to be probably nothing short of a museum. It's probably going to be absolutely amazing. But whatever you do, and I don't know why I'm saying this, but whatever you do, make sure that Christ has a greater attraction than the building. Use the building for the glory of God. Use the facility to bring attention to him. Don't ever get highfalutin and think you're it and think you're something because you'll lose the touch of God. And then all you'll have, preacher, is a building and all you have will will have is the finery of a building. Oh, if you make sure that the singing is like what we heard tonight, that brings honor and glory to him. Hallelujah. He's the authority of the house. He's the attraction of the house. He has the attention of the house. They weren't uh, making a noise about a variety of things. 
They were making a noise about one exclusive thing, that Christ was in the house. Amen. So he had the attention of the house. Well, I tell you right now, buddy, Jesus will move in a place where he can get the attention. Boy, one of the great words of the Bible that you ought to study sometime is the word behold. I mean, Jesus is, when that word is used, like John looked up on the hill and said, behold, the Lamb of God. And you, now listen, the one that was saying that, Jesus said about him that none's greater that's ever been born of a woman than John the Baptist. But John was sitting there baptizing and he looked up and said, there he is. Behold the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. The greatest prophet that ever was said that there he is. All attention on him, none on me. All on him. I'm nothing without him. Amen. So he has the attention of the house. Boy, I like this right here. See, I was getting this all during the song service. I don't know if anybody else got anything. Man, I was getting it. It's feeding me. Amen. I like it. He's not on that, brother. He's the ability of the house. Amen. 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 Jesus is not just going to be in the house. He's going to be do, He's going to be active. He's going to be action. He's going to be the action of the house. There's your another one. Amen. He's going to be. A, he's going to be up to something. He's going to be accomplishing things. He's the accomplishment of the house. Amen. He. He's going to be working. Lives are going to be changed. He's the ability of the house. Amen. Your pastor, a tremendous preacher, tremendous Bible expositor, but he doesn't have the ability that is needed in this church to change lives. You're blessed, preacher, in this church with singers. It makes me sick. I mean, you're just, you, you're just eat up with talent. Hey, Miss Ann, how are you doing? I thought that was you. I mean, you're seeing, I mean, God bless, but listen, that's not the ability that's needed here. Right. Amen. Y'all understand, I'm not, I'm not saying you don't need those things, but that's not the ability that's needed. Right. Amen. Right. That, to change people's lives, to save sinners. Amen. To put homes together, to, 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 to work in people's lives. The only ability that will be effective is his. Yeah. Ability. He's, he was the ability of the house. I like this. He was the awesomeness of the house. <laughs> hey, boy, isn't he awesome? Come on now. Hey, isn't he wonderful? Isn't he awesome? Oh, I want to tell you, everybody in here that really does know him, you should be amazed at him. You should absolutely be in awe at him. Amen, that's, that's him. He's the awesomeness. And then it's very evident, I believe, in this text that he is the adoration of the house. He is the one that is worshipped. Brother, y'all don't know this preacher. I, don't, I wouldn't imagine, but he's a great soldier of the cross that blazed the trail for years, Dr. Larry Raines. And he made this statement. And he's, he, he's pastored for many, many years. And he's... he's Resigned and just kind of retirement, so to speak, but he's preaching everywhere. I mean, he's gone all the time preaching. And so he's in and out of churches everywhere. Churches just like I'm in tonight. And he said, and it stirred me, it disturbed me. He said, Preacher, 
worship is almost completely gone from our churches. I'm talking about real worship. I'm not talking about thump and bump, make you want to wiggle instead of worship. I'm not talking about that. I'm, talking about, I'm not talking about emotionalism. I'm talking about God getting so big in you, you can't stand it. Amen. When's the last time that you, that you struggled to even find words to express what was going on in your heart? When's the last time you, just, you were just weeping in a service? You were just weeping because of his sweetness. Huh? Oh, my goodness. But when he said that, I thought, oh, my goodness. What it, what, what, listen, what happens to a church if there's no worship? Amen. Nothing else matters. Nothing else matters. It doesn't matter how much work you do, how much service you do. It doesn't matter how many tracts you hand out. If Jesus Christ is not in this house and he is not awesome in this house and he, does, he is not adored in this house and he is not worshiped in this house, what good is anything? None, nothing else would matter. Nothing else would matter. My goodness, what about that? But it was noise that it was in the house. First thing I just want to share with you real quick, I'm going to give you these things and then we'll be done. I noticed simply in this passage, verse number one, and again he entered into Capernaum after some days and it was noised that he was in the house. Now you can apply those uh, and, and interpret those after some days. You can put that anywhere you want to, but everywhere you put it, it doesn't matter. It still speaks of development. After some days, there was some, a developing process of Jesus getting to this state, getting to this house, getting to this level with these people after some days. Jesus just didn't walk in and then the word went out. He didn't just walk in and immediately there was the noise. How many knows it takes time to get right with God sometimes? There's been times I've been in church where I was very much aware that Jesus was there, but there wasn't no noise coming out of me because I wasn't in no shape. I was in no condition. A cold heart will never praise God. A distant heart will never praise the Lord. A carnal heart will never praise the Lord. Are you listening? And so there was a development that took place. After some days, it was noise that he was in the house. Secondly, very plainly to see, there is the declaration of the noised presence of Christ. The very fact that it was noise that it was in the house meant that it was verbalized. When's the last time you put your spiritual life in words? When's the last time that you put your appreciation and your gratitude and your affection for Christ into words? I'm sure that Brother Pope, y'all have testimonies around here because I've heard them. Amen. When's the last time that you testified about the Lord? Well, or maybe I ought to go a little, little bit lower than that and ask, when's the last time you even wanted to? Not when the last time you did it, but when was the last time you had that mmm in you? 
I mean, God was moving and working in your heart and you were filled with gratitude and appreciation and you wanted to express it. The fact that it was noise that he was in the house tells us very plainly that, that it was verbalized. It was audible. And I've said this for years. True, true spirituality, true salvation and spirituality will be both verbal and visible. It'll be both verbal and visible. And, and of course, if you don't have nothing that's visible, then you might as well keep your mouth shut. Amen. Say amen right there. Do everybody a favor. If, you're, if you claim to be saved and your life says no, you're not. And, and nothing about you says yes, I am. If not, there's nothing there, then don't say nothing, please. Because here's what's going to happen. You'll cause lost people to look at you who are not living a life that's honorable to Christ, but yet you say you're saved. I've had young people, I've had one young lady comes to mind. She said, preacher, she said, if what mom and daddy's got is salvation, I don't want no part of it. I don't know about you, but that disturbed me. That disturbed me. The indication went on in that conversation was that, that, that what she hears and sees at home is quite different than what she sees and hears out of them at church. Last time I checked, that's called hypocrisy. Amen, that's right. Oh, yes, listen, listen, listen. Amen. Parents, you should never depend on somebody else to win your children to the Lord. Somebody else may, the preacher may, the Sunday school teacher may. Uh, who knows? It doesn't matter who wins them, but you better not depend on somebody else to win your children to the Lord. Make sure, Mom and Dad, you're not, you're not a stumbling block uh, for your own children. I preached Sunday morning about Jairus or Jairus, everybody you want to say that. And you know about his 12-year-old daughter? This thought got big to me while I was preaching. She was dying in her own house. She wasn't dying down the street. She wasn't dying at the dope house. She is dying in her own house. And I believe that with all of my heart that most children that are not saved, that's of age, that are not saved, you probably can find the problem at the house. Somewhere in something, you can find a problem at the house. She was dying at their own. The, the declaration of the, of the noise presence of Christ. Did you know that, that people are loud about sin? There's a noise about sin. Probably one of the greatest classics of that illustrated in the Bible is in Exodus 32. Uh, the passage that deals with the golden calf and, and the wickedness that took place at the foot of the mountain while Moses was up on the mountain getting the law of God, getting a word from God, spending time with the Lord. You know what? While Moses and Joshua and them was up on the hill and Aaron and all them was up on the hill, guess what? They heard the noise. They heard the noise. I'll just read it to you, Exodus 32, verse 17. And when Joshua heard the noise of the people, as they shouted, he said unto Moses, there's a noise of war in the camp. And he said, it is not the voice of them that shout for mastery. Neither is it the voice of them that cry for being overcome. But the noise of them that sing do I hear. And it came to pass as soon as he came nigh unto the camp, that he saw the calf and the dancing and Moses' anger waxed hot and he cast the tables out of his hands and break them beneath the mount. 
They were making a noise because their whole camp was full of sin and idolatry. Are y'all listening? And I mean, if you want, you can do your own study. I'm not going to get into it tonight, but you can get your own, do your own study on there where it said they rose up to play. Buddy, that was, that was a wicked term. And they were noise. Brother, there's a noise coming out about sin. You can turn the news on and hear it. You can just go through town and hear it. People's loud about sin and wickedness. And I believe it's high time, past time, long overdue for God's people to start making a noise about the Son of God who is worthy to be praised. Oh, yes, there's a noise, loud noise, de- declared noise about sin. There's a declared noise about emotionalism. Amen, Matthew chapter nine, verse 23, when Jairus had brought Jesus back to his house, guess what Jesus said he heard? He heard them in there with their music and they were making a noise. Nothing about it spiritual. In fact, they were paid mourners. Their heart wasn't in it. They was in there getting paid to cry. (laughs) Can you believe that? No wonder Jesus throwed them out before he'd done his work. But that wasn't nothing but emotionalism. Listen, I like a noise. I like, pe- I like people praising the Lord. But I tell you what, I hate wildfire. I'm just telling you, I hate it. I hate it when it's evident that it's pumped up and worked up. Are you listening? We, a, a godly lady that sang in our church the other day and her husband preached three days for us in a, a little revival meeting there at the church and his wife sang every night. And we were talking one night after church. Uh, we were eating a, a bite after church. And she was supposed to have sung in some big, big thing. She told me what it was. I forgot now. But it was, I mean, a big outfit, big something. And they told her, they brought her back and interviewed her before she got out on the pl- to sing. And you know what their questions were? Do you know how to work the crowd? Sisters, don't ever learn how to work the crowd. Miss Hannah, don't ever learn how to work the crowd. That statement is as carnal as it could ever be, that statement. Now get up there, not, not, listen, get up there and magnify the Lord. No, that wasn't what they said. Get up there and honor Christ, sing from your heart. Bring her back there and ask her, are you right with God? Is your heart clean before the Lord? no. Their question was, do you know how to work the crowd? That's showbiz. That's grand old opera stuff. That's Broadway business. Huh? That ought not to have a place in the house of God. That's emotionalism. Trying to pump it up and work it up. But I want to tell you, I've been in this thing long enough. You don't have to pump it up. If you're right, you're right. If you're not, you're not. And if you're right, I want to tell you, it don't take much to overflow the cup. It doesn't take much to move your heart uh, to magnify and worship the Lord Jesus Christ. But as in our text, my friend, there was a noise about the Savior. Yes, sir, amen. There was a noise about the Savior. Now watch this. Now I know we started in chapter two, verse one. But this noise didn't start in chapter 2, verse 1. Look back in verse 45 of chapter 1. This is the leper that was cleansed. In verse 45, here, listen what, what it said. But he went out and began to publish it. What? 
what Jesus had done for him. This is a magnify conference, isn't it? Oh, magnify the Lord. Magnify. Hey, this leper was magnifying the Lord. Amen. You know what magnify? We have two types of magnification that I'm aware of. There is the microscopic magnification, and then there's telescopic magnification. A microscope is made to make little things big. Telescope is made to make distant things near. And to a lot of people, Jesus is very small and very distant. Oh, let us magnify the Lord. Oh, let us magnify the Lord together. Listen, let us magnify. Let us be the microscope that, that people can look in our lives. They think Jesus is very micro, very small, very unimportant, very insignificant, but they should be able to look through the lens of our life and, 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 and he is magnified. To a lot of people, Jesus is just a distant object, a person of, of uh, history, just a character of history. But they ought to be able to look in our lives and our lives serve as a telescopic, a telescopic lens that would bring distant, the distant Christ uh, in close. Amen, that's right. Oh my. But there is the voice, there is the declaration, there is the noise about Jesus. Look there in that verse. Look, he went out. He began to publish it much. Watch this. It just keeps getting bigger. He, not only he began to publish it, publish it much, to, and to blaze abroad the matter. I believe you're serious, don't you? In so much that Jesus could no more openly enter into the city but was without in desert places and they came to him from every quarter. Why? What did, what, where did all this attention come from? One person. <laughs> One person that was glad for what Jesus had done for him. One person that wasn't silent about it. One person that wasn't secret about it. He began to publish it much and blaze abroad the matter. Amen. That word blaze simply means a brilliant burst of fire. A bright, <laughs> a bright light, a glare, a sudden outburst. Hey, boy, wouldn't that be good if that happened around here? That it was noised, that it was spread out, that it was verbalized, that it was announced, that it come into the ears of all the people. The great things that Jesus had done. And it goes right out of that verse and it hooks up with chapter two, verse one with and. And again, he entered into Capernaum after some days and it was noised that he was in the house. Listen. One person brought so much attention to him that the Bible said that Jesus could no more openly enter into the city. I mean, Jesus, he, he openly would mean publicly. Jesus would try to come in, maybe come in to somewhere, you know, and maybe come in through the back door or something, just to have a break. I never did find where Jesus needed a break. 
He loves it when people want him. <laughs> he loves it when people is needing him. He loves it when people is just all over him and following him and amen, crying out to him, amen. He loves it, amen. But this one man brought so much attention to him, he couldn't even openly enter the city. You know what that meant? Everywhere he went, everybody's going, there he is. That's him, that's him. That's the one they're talking about up there at Calvary. That's the one they're singing about up there at Calvary. That's the one they're witnessing about. That's the one that they're handing out tracts about. That's him, that's him, that's him. <laughs> Lord of God, I felt something on that. Amen. That's good, ain't it? Mark chapter five. Turn it over a couple pages. Mark five, real quick. Mark five, verse 19. This is the demoniac of Gadara. Jesus, Jesus even told him when he wanted to go, go with him, Jesus said, no, no, you need to go home. Go home to your friends and, and show them. So many times he says show and then sometimes he says tell. That's a good message to preach on show and tell. Amen. How be it Jesus suffered him not, that is to go with him. But saith unto him, go home to thy friends and tell them how great thing. This is Jesus talking. Now, if Jesus says it's a great thing of what he did, you better believe he's not exaggerating. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Go home to thy friends and tell them how great things the Lord hath done for thee and hath, and, and hath compassion on thee. And he departed and began to publish. There's that word again. He began to publish in Decapolis how great things Jesus had done for him. Could I ask y'all something tonight? Have you forgot what Jesus has done for you? Have, you? have we got over it? Have you forgot where you were when Jesus come by? where he first start dealing with your heart, when he first start speaking to your heart? Do you remember where you were? I don't want to ever forget that. I mean, even right now, I'm having glorified flashbacks of January 20th, 1981. On the second night of what ended up being a seven-week revival meeting. And I got gloriously saved that night. Mm. I still remember it. I knew what I was before he found. There was nothing there to attract him. Nothing. I was a zero. I, I mean nothing. I, there, I had nothing to offer but a broken life and shattered dream. Listen, there was nothing but pieces. But the Lord said, if I'll give him my pieces, he'll give me his peace. And he gave me his peace that night, amen. And I got gloriously saved by the good grace of God. Mark chapter seven, Mark seven, verse 36. Mark 7, verse number 36. This is the deaf man that had been healed. Look at verse 36. And he charged them that they should tell no man. But, that, uh, but the more he charged them, this is Christ now, get this. I want everybody to get this. Jesus is telling the, the man that just was healed from being deaf, don't tell it. Don't tell it. Don't tell it. That's what he said. He charged them that they should tell no man. How else do you interpret that? Don't tell it. It's what that means. 
don't tell no man. But the more he charged them, so much the more, a great deal, they published it. Now, wait a minute, brother. Listen, y'all, don't, y'all didn't get that. Y'all didn't get that? That went right over there. You didn't get that? Here, Jesus is telling him, don't tell it. And, and, he, and he didn't just tell him once. The Bible said he charged him the more. That is, he just kept telling him. Now, don't you tell You understand? Don't tell it. Don't you tell it. My time is not yet. Don't tell it now. You going to tell it? No, don't tell it. He just kept on. And I could see him just... Like a, just like a volcano fixing to erupt, amen. You're telling me the greatest thing that ever happened to my life and you're telling me not to tell it. I can't help it. I can't help it, Lord. If I'm gonna have to get forgiveness for disobedience, it's gonna be the over being disobedient. you telling me not to tell it and I'm gonna tell it. <laughs> Glory to God, amen. Look at it. But the more he charged them, so much the more, a great deal, they published it and were beyond measure astonished, saying, he hath done all things well. He maketh both the deaf to hear and the dumb to speak. Oh, can I enjoy it just a minute. I remember, I can't help it. I just remember right now when I was spiritually dumb, I couldn't speak. I was spiritually deaf. I'd sit in church church services at one right after another, year after year after year after year, and I heard nothing. Oh, physically I could hear. I could hear the singing, but I, I, I was deaf spiritually. And I was dumb. I never had anything good to say. I never had nothing to say about being saved because I wasn't. But boy, when he saved me, praise God, he hath done all things well. I find no fault in him. Amen. He's been everything and more than he ever said he would be. I, could, I couldn't ask for a better Savior. Amen. I'll take Jesus. You can look for another if you want. You can trade it, whatever. I'll take Jesus. He's been everything. He's been more than I could ever dream. He's my, amen. I heard it tonight. He's my best friend. Come on, choir. You sung it tonight. He's my dearest friend. Son, if I could sing a lick right there, I'd cut loose on that song. Amen. Good night, have mercy. Now watch this right here, Bud Pope. Oh my goodness. Revelations. We're, we're, we're going way on out in the future here just a little bit. It may, in fact, it may not be as far out in the future as we think. Revelations 19, verse 5 and 6. I'm still talking about the declaration of the noised presence of Christ. Y'all ready? If you're saved, you're in this crowd right here, so I don't want y'all to hurt yourself. I don't want y'all to get too excited now. Revelation 19, verse five and six, and a voice came out of the throne saying, Praise our God, all ye his servants, and ye that fear him, both small and great. Watch this now. We're talking about noise. We're talking about a noise. 
and I heard as it were the voice of a great multitude and as of the voice of many waters and as the voice of mighty thundering saying hallelujah for the Lord God omnipotent reigns. If noise bothers you, you don't want to go to heaven if noise bothers you. If people getting happy about Jesus and saying, Whoa, if that gets on your nerves, what are you going to do when you go to a land that is fairer than day? And there's a number which no man can number. And everybody giving perfect praise to a perfect Savior. Woo! I don't know where I'm gonna be in that crowd, but I know that I'm in there. John has already saw me over there. <laughs> Hallelujah. The voice of thundering. Can you imagine? When I was in South Carolina and pastoring, or pastoring probably more like it, pastoring a church there, and, and preacher, I wasn't probably I'm going to guess maybe five miles or maybe a little more to the Clemson Stadium. Never went, never went. They don't make me spiritual. I just never did go. I'd rather go fishing. Say amen right there. That's right. I like the amen corner over here. Right and you know what? When, it, when, when they had a game in Death Valley, especially if they was winning or they scored, I could hear the crowd all the way to my house. That wasn't one person. If one person screamed their, to the top of their lungs, you probably couldn't have heard them 100 yards up the road hardly. But by the fact that there was thousands, <laughs> y'all don't see where I'm going. Just the fact that there was thousands. Hey! There was thousands, probably 20,000. Who knows how many thousand? And they were all hollering at the same time. They were all excited about the same thing at the same time and verbalized it. And I heard it several miles away. Woo, I didn't have to ask who was winning. I knew who was winning. Come on, brother. Can you help me on that? Well, I'm on the winning side. Yes, I'm on the winning side. Out in sin. How's it go? No more will I abide. I've enlisted in the fight for the cause of truth and right. Oh, praise the Lord. I'm on the winning side. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, I can't make much noise by myself. But if I could get a little help, if I had a, amen. Can you imagine, brother? Can you imagine? Hey, you about to get excited. Can you imagine getting over yonder with a glorified body that can stand it? Right now, I can't hardly stand it. I, there's been times, and I won't ever do it again. I won't ever do it again if it does kill me. I've asked the Lord early in my Christian life before I knew what it was all about. The glory of God get on me so thick in a service in that seven-week revival. I asked the Lord one time underneath the prayer, a choir pew. I got underneath the choir pew. I'm talking about revival, God moving. 
And I, and I mean, it was so thick under that, I thought I was leaving here. I, I really did. I, th- I said, I'm out here. I am leaving here. I hadn't been saved but just a few days. Are y'all listening? I, hadn't, I didn't have to smoke nothing. I didn't. <laughs> Hey, I didn't have to drink nothing. I didn't have to go nowhere. It wasn't nothing but just Jesus. Jesus, just Jesus, amen. That's all it was, was just Jesus. And he got up under that choir bench with me. And I'm telling you, I thought I was leaving here. I'm serious. Y'all think I'm exaggerating. I thought I was leaving here. And I said, Lord, you're going to have to take some of this off of me. I thought I was dying. I said, they're going to find me right here. They're going to find me, look for me. Whenever they do miss me in three or four weeks, you know, they're going to find me up under a choir bench with a smile on my face. Amen. But I didn't know no better. I said, Lord, you're going to take some of this off of me. I can't stand it. I mean, I, I, listen, I'm not glorifying sin. I'm ashamed of my life. I wish I'd gotten saved early. And, and never done nothing. But I'm telling you, I've, I've been out yonder a few times and I thought, Lord, unto God, this beats anything I ever, hey, hey, hey this is not good, good, good terms, I know. But I'm telling you, have you ever been high on Jesus? And you know what Jesus did under that pew? He said, all right. And I mean, just as, I mean, it was just like flipping the light switch, buddy. It was gone. Before I crawled out under that bench, I thought, now, buddy, that was stupid. That was stupid for me to pray that or ask that. And I said, under, before I got up under there, I said, Lord, I will never have you take it off of me if it does kill me. If it takes me out of here, I will never, listen, the glory of God is, hey, can you imagine going to heaven like that? Come walking through the pearly gates. Hey, Mr. Rackley, what happened to you? How, how come you're here? I didn't, nobody said nothing about you being sick. Well, you see, we had revival. And it got so thick and the glory of God got more than I could stand. And I just, I just left here. Amen. And I'm here now. Woo, glory. Amen. Hey, I'm talking about, brother, listen, when we get to heaven, y'all don't care if I just enjoy this, dude. No more devil. Everybody in you want to say amen right there. No more devil. Listen, no more flesh. No more flesh. No more failures. No more failures. Never have to ask the Lord to forgive you again. Hey, and we get over there, and there's a number which no man can number. As far as you can see, are born again believers that are in love with Jesus, and we're going to be praising Him. We're singing a new song. Worthy is the Lamb. Amen. You'll have to have a glorified body to stand it. That's just all I can tell you. Son, my goodness. Well, I'm going to have to get off that. Amen. Preacher, Lord ain't let me preach like this in a while. Amen. Son, I'm enjoying it. I need it. I enjoyed the trip down here. Just fellowshipping the Lord and all that. I'm telling you, man, this is good right here.
I can't be in two places at once. If I could, I'd be a member here. I don't reckon that'd work too good, would it? My, my, my church probably wouldn't like that too good. Huh? Pastor up there, but a member here, I wouldn't work with it. So we better forget that. We better forget that. Let me give you this real quick. I'm about done. I don't even know how long I preached. Lord, have mercy. I believe we just scored a touchdown is what I feel like. Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank God. Amen. Hey, y'all pray for me. Pray for me that I never get like a lot of church members. I don't want that old long face, sour look, act like, they act like salvation was the measles or the mumps or the flu. Amen. I don't want that. Listen, y'all just, y'all don't know, all you know about me is that I'm preacher Radcliffe. That's all you all, you don't know me, Brother Pope, any other way than that. But I'm telling you, I once was lost. Now I'm found. Brother, I, listen, there was a time that I had no desire for the things of God, no interest for the things of God. My life was Miller Low Life and Bud Stupid. I, my life was going to dances and my life was partying, oh, trying to find peace, trying to find joy, trying to find contentment. Never found it. Never. Never found it. But that night, but that Amen. night, can you say that in your life? But that night, Amen. can you reference a turning point? I was preaching about two weeks ago, preacher in Hendersonville, North Carolina. And on Thursday night, oh my goodness, I'm just gonna mind the Lord right here. This is magnified. How in the world can you go magnify the Lord the way he deserves in just 30 minutes? Amen. And so after Thursday night service, here come this man. He'd been there every night. Drove over an hour to church. And he come, he come walking up to, and we done dismissed. 41 years old. Got his own business. Big old fellow. And he said, he said, preacher, he said, he said, I've just been going back and back and back in my life. He said, I've just been going back looking for a time when I got saved. And he said, Preacher, I went all the way back as far as I could go back in my memory into my childhood. And he said, I never found a time, place, never found a point that I did business with God about salvation. I said, Sir, do you know what that means? He looked at me. He, you could tell he hadn't been in church much. He said, No, what does that mean? I said, Here's what it means. If you don't have a birthday, you don't have a birth. You know, I just referenced it, but that night. I was all of this and I was that out there in the world and all that. That was my life. But that night, January 20th, 1981. Oh, yes, friend. The greatest thing that could ever happen to anybody and it wasn't winning no lottery. I wouldn't trade what I feel tonight to win the lottery. And that's a fact, amen. Amen. I won't never win it because I'm not ever going to buy a ticket. Say amen right there. Just sure as I did buy a ticket, I'd win it and there my name would be in the paper. Yeah, Preacher Rackley's a gambler. Amen. Yeah, they'd be, I'd be interviewed on Fox News and everywhere else. And I'd be up there going, hubba, 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 hubba. Lord help us. 
I believe I'm just going to stay with Jesus, have peace in my heart, and joy in my soul. That's what I'm going to do, amen. Because that's money can't buy that. Woo, money can't buy that. Thank God. I remember. Hey, I remember. Y'all don't care. I don't care. I, y'all might as well just mind the Lord. Hey, I, I, I remember going over there, brother, Pope, and I bowed down in that altar. Nobody prayed with me, and I wasn't against that. I mean, I went to church there every, I actually went to church there nine months before I was born. Y'all get that in a minute. <laughs> and so I got down there, and I'm telling you, brother, there was eternal business going on in my soul. And I knew before I ever got up, my life was over. My life of sin was over. I knew that I would not be going back to that them old places no more. I knew it wouldn't. I knew it. It wasn't no trial and error. No, no trial and error. I knew it was over. You know why? Because what I'd been looking for in the bottles and the partying and the pot and all that mess, I found in Jesus. Amen. Woo! I had peace in my soul and joy in my soul. Mm. Somebody asked me, preacher, why don't you ever go back to where you were? Why? Why? There's nothing there. It didn't satisfy me then. There wasn't nothing there then of any meaning. No, the devil was trying to use that to destroy me and take me to hell, but I'm saved tonight. S-A-V-E-D, saved. Are you listening? I'm talking about so saved, not, never to go back to that party in life saved. Don't cuss no more saved. That's how saved I got, Amen. Honor my mother and father. That's how saved I got. Amen. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna have to hurry. Let I'm gonna have to let y'all go. I'll have to finish in the car. <laughs> There's a direction that came from the noise presence of Christ in this same text. Back at, oh Lord, how mercy! I can't believe I preached 40 minutes. Y'all don't say nothing. Y'all can't tell time either. Listen, Mark chapter 2, Mark chapter 2, the Bible said there in uh, verse 3, and they come unto him bringing one sick of the palsy, which was born of four. And you know that story there. I'm talking about the direction that's involved with the noised presence of Christ. What do you mean direction? How did those four men know where to go? How did those four men know where to take this man sick of the palsy? They went toward the noise. <laughs> that, hey, when the presence of Christ is noised, that gives direction to people as to where they need to go to get help. Amen. Goodness gracious. Amen, Lord. The direction. Can I give, y'all, y'all don't care if I deal, deal with this. Watch this right here. Let me give you this real quick. You don't have to turn there. Mark, or excuse me, Matthew 9, the story of Jairus. How did he know where to go and find Jesus? You know, you know his 12-year-old daughter was dying, point of death and all that, and he goes and finds Jesus. How did he know where to go? You know, you can read it. Matthew, Mark, and Luke puts it in the same uh, chronological order. Jairus, the story of Jairus and the woman with the issue of blood follows the, right, I'm talking about the next verse right after the demoniac of Gadara gets saved and he begins to go back home and begins to tell it and he tells it and he tells it and he tells it. 
I believe he brought so much attention and praise to the Lord that that, listen, that, that, gave, that, that gave Jairus direction as to where to go. And the woman with the issue of blood, that let her know where she needed to go. Last of all in our text, and I'm done. Man, y'all about wore me out tonight. Goodness gracious, I'm going to have to walk more. <laughs> I love it, though. Son, I'm telling you, why would anybody not want to be saved? I just love it. Mark chapter number two. Y'all, y'all, I know what y'all are thinking. Preacher, you ain't been saved since 1981. Y'all, some of y'all are thinking. Preacher, you acting like a little kid. Exactly. I don't want to ever get over it. I don't want to ever get used to it. I want it to always be a thrill to my soul of being born again. And there was the demonstration that was associated with the noised presence of Christ and that was where the man sick of the palsy had his sins forgiven and he was healed and he was made whole. And they come down to verse number, uh, it comes down down to verse number uh, 11. And I say unto thee, arise and take up thy bed and go thy way into thine house. And immediately he arose, took up the bed and went forth before them all insomuch that they were all amazed. Look what they did. And they glorified God saying, we never saw it on this fashion. The noised presence of Christ. That's what we need. That's what I want. That's what I need. I want to do my part of drawing attention to him. He's worthy. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, I want to thank you, Lord, for Lord, you're just being merciful. and Thank you for your grace. Lord, thank you for helping me. Lord, thank you for giving us liberty. Lord, thank you for bearing witness in my heart as we preached, as we gave forth just biblical truth, simple truth, really. Lord, you was bearing witness in my heart because it, what I was preaching was real. is real to me. It has been realized in my heart. It's real to me. And Lord, I want to thank you that, that I can be a part of I can be a part of that, those that are making a noise. Lord, there may be some here tonight that, ha, that used to be a part of, of making a noise, drawing attention to Christ, giving praise to Christ, giving glory to Christ. But Lord, seemingly maybe through circumstances and situation, situations and maybe even some wrong choices, they've lost that, they've got away from that. Lord, I pray that they'll want that back tonight. They'll want to get back right with the Lord. They'll get in the altar and say, oh, God, forgive me. Some in here maybe need to get in an altar and say, Lord, forgive me for being loud about sin and carnal things and material things and and being too quiet about Jesus. Lord, help, I pray. Calvary Baptist Church, let it be noised. Let it be noised that you are in this house not just in here as an ornament, a visitor, but that you're in here with your, your awesomeness. You're in here with your ability and your power to change lives as you did in our text. Lord, have your way tonight in this invitation time. Do whatever needs to be done. May folk respond to you as they know they need to. In Jesus' name we pray. As the pianist is playing, you just mind the Lord tonight, whatever God's laid on your heart.
let's stand tonight with our heads bowed and our eyes closed. And many folks are in the altar. And you know what? Maybe somebody needs to, somebody else needs to make a move tonight. Man, it's time, Calvary, we start making some noise for the cause of Christ. Man, what a message. What a message tonight. What a word from the Lord this evening. Man, this is what we want in revival. This is what this is what revival time's all about. Man, let's go home and make a noise in our homes. Let's make a noise in school. Let's make a noise in this community. Would you come tonight? Would you come? We're gonna pause just for just for a little bit. Many have already used the altar. But if you're here this evening and you need to come, listen, the altar is open tonight. It could be tonight there's somebody that needs to be that needs to be saved. And if you're here tonight and you don't know the Savior that Brother Rackley preached about tonight, that'd be a great time to come. So we're going to pause this evening. Listen, if you're here and you need prayer, I'm going to make my way to the main floor just for a moment. If you need to come, we're here. We'll be glad to pray with you. Let's just do business with God. Hey, Calvary, let go. Let God have his way tonight. You come while we wait. We'll just keep our heads bowed. You come on tonight. If if there's a need, we're here for you this evening.